Yeah, I'm Jim Nolan. I'm a private investigator working for my dad's firm in Boston. Perhaps you've heard of dad, Albert Nolan? A lot of his cases were written up in PI Magazine. He and Gladys, that's my mother, have been running this office since I was in high school. Now dad is missing. He hasn't returned from investigating the Laurel case up in Maine. I've come back to work with mom until he returns. He will return. I will find him. It's only a matter of time. Misfits Audio is proud to present Jim Nolan, Private Eye. Episode 7 is entitled The Parker Stakeout. family friend Lieutenant Walter Carmichael of the Boston Police Department are in the otherwise empty home of Mrs. Betty Parker, one of Jim and Gladys' neighbors. It is very dark. The only illumination is from the moon shining through the front window. They're both crouched behind the threshold in the kitchen, watching the front door and waiting. With the chiming of the mantel clock, it has become Saturday morning. Jim and the lieutenant speak to each other in hushed tones. Jeez, my leg's cramping up. Stand up and stretch it a bit, but stay behind the wall. I don't want him to see you when he arrives. How do we know he'll come here tonight? We don't, but he hasn't come here yet, and this place is easy pickings. If he follows his usual M.O., he'll be here. He only has until tomorrow, and then the owner will be back. You stretched out now? Yeah, that'll do me for a bit. Then get down. Boy, the stakeout takes me back. You've done a lot of these? No, oh, yeah. Usually in cars, though. Haven't done one in years. I did a lot of them with your dad. Now that you mention it, I remember him talking about them. I think that between the two of us, either waiting for some suspect to go into or leave a house... We drank enough coffee for all of New England. Dad does love his java. Pull your foot back. Sorry, it slipped. We can't take any chances. It's likely this guy will have a gun. I've... I've already lost a good friend that way. You did? Years ago, I was on a stakeout like this. One of my first with my partner, Pete Spangler. His foot accidentally slipped into view just as the burglar was entering the house. The guy shot Pete in the chest before I could drop him. I'm sorry to hear. Quiet, Jim. He's here. I heard the door creak open slowly, then I saw a glint of light as the moonshine hit something metallic. It was at that moment that Lieutenant Carmichael and I both realized that the man we were here to apprehend had arrived. And as the lieutenant had guessed, he was armed. An armed man is breaking into the home of Mrs. Betty Parker. What he doesn't know is that Jim and Lieutenant Carmichael, both of them armed, are lying in wait for him just inside the kitchen. Two against one. 
the odds would seem to favor the forces of law and order. However, both men learned long ago, from no less of a source than Albert Nolan, that where a criminal mind is involved, safety in numbers is not always a sure thing. We'll be right back with our latest Jim Nolan private eye mystery, The Parker Stakeout. Time seemed to slow to a crawl in Mrs. Parker's drafty old house. The events of the past several days coalesced to my head. How it all began that morning before Mom and I had started out for the office. That was a good breakfast, Mom. Thanks. You're welcome. We don't eat enough at home. A family should eat together. We get pretty busy sometimes. We certainly do. Don't get me wrong. I agree with you. It's cheaper and a lot better than the stuff that passes for food at some of the greasy spoons I've been to. <laughs> like father, like son. Dad likes those places? Unfortunately, I don't know how his stomach tolerates it. Can you get that, dear? I'm up to my elbows in dishwater. Sure. I'll be right back. Good morning, Mrs. Parker. My, Jim, if you aren't the spitting image of Albert from back in the day. Thank you. That's high praise. I hear you're engaged now. That's right. Congratulations. Best of luck, dear. Thank you. Is Gladys around, or has she gone to the office? She's in the kitchen. Let me get it for you. Don't bother. Even with this cane of mine... I can get around pretty well. After you. Who is it, Jim? It's me, Gladys. Betty. Are you busy? I just finished the breakfast dishes. They can drip dry. How are you, Betty? I haven't seen you in weeks. I know. I think I'm finally used to this cane. It doesn't pay to get old, dearie. (sighs) Don't I know it. (laughs) You? Why, you're a pup compared to me. I've seen a lot in my eight-plus decades, but now I'm just an old lady. You're a lot more than that to us, Mrs. Parker. Thank you, Sonny. You and Albert raised a good boy, Gladys. He has his moments. What can we do for you? I need your advice as crime fighters. I've never heard anyone refer to us like that. Well, it's what you do. Do you remember my friend June? Yes. She was at the cookout last summer. Wasn't she the one who made that great apple pie? That's her. Well, the poor girl has fallen on tough times lately. Her husband is ill and... She's asked me if I might come down to Florida for a few days to be with her. I'm sure you'll have a wonderful time. That's just the thing. I'm not sure I should go. You're worried about the burglaries. Shouldn't I be? There have been five break-ins just this month. People have lost all kinds of valuables. I have a lot of special things my Theodore left me when he passed. 
I'd hate to lose them. I can understand your concern. I do so want to go see June, but... You're worried about leaving your house empty. That's understandable. That's why I've turned to you. Do the two of you think I can go down to Florida safely and leave my house empty? Well... Maybe you could watch my house while I'm away, Jim, and make sure nothing happens. I'm afraid I can't do that, Mrs. Parker. I'm working full-time down at the office now. Uh, (laughs) I keep forgetting that you've grown up. Time doesn't stand still. Betty, Jim is going to see Lieutenant Carmichael today about the break-ins. After I see him, maybe I'll have some news for you. I'd hate for you to be so worried about leaving home that you miss a trip to the Sunshine State. There are no clues, Lieutenant? Nothing yet. This guy is good. Guy? I'm making the assumption that the burglar is a guy. Sue me. No, no, you may be right. But... How does he know whose house to break into? I don't know. Maybe he trolls the neighborhood looking for some people who are packing up their station wagons. The only similarity is that the people whose houses are burgled are always away on vacation, not just, say, out for a night in the town. Somehow, this guy knows how long of a window he has to pull off the job before the homeowners return. He is good. There have been five break-ins this month alone. Make that six... Six. The Dunleavy's over on Gardner Street. Away on vacation? Uh-huh. They returned this morning to find their front door had been forced open. All kinds of things, including furs and artwork, were taken. Any clues? I just sent my team there. I'm heading over soon myself. Want to join me? Sure. It beats me, Jim. Look at this map of the city. Each pen represents a home that's been burglarized. I've even numbered them in order. One through six. Say number one here. The number two burglary was clear across town. Number three was back close to where the first burglary was. Why would he jump back and forth like that? He only breaks into houses where the owners are on vacation. So, between the first break-in here and the second one way over here... Nobody was going on vacation. He didn't see a single family packing up the wagon. It does seem unlikely, doesn't it? Somehow he knows what houses to hit. But how? Mr. Dunleavy, I'm Lieutenant Carmichael. So you're the big boss, huh? May I present Jim Nolan. Good to meet you, sir. Likewise, Nolan. You a cop? No, I'm a private investigator with Nolan Investigations. Mr. Nolan and his family have been very helpful to the police in some past cases. So what are you going to do about my stolen property, Lieutenant? Everything we can. They said he's going to hell in a handbasket. If getting so an honest citizen can't go away for a few days, R&R. Geez, it's all over the news. Mr. Donlevy, I have every available officer investigating the burglaries. Then why haven't you solved them yet? My house is the sixth one to be hit. I'm a taxpayer, for crying out loud. 
My men and I are looking for any possible clues to the burglar's identity here and at the other homes. We'll find him, but it will take a little time. Time, huh? How much? That's impossible to say. Are we talking days, weeks, months? As soon as possible. I'll bet all my stolen stuff is being pawned right now for pennies on the dollar. My staff and I have notified every pawn shop in town about the stolen property. If anyone comes in and tries to pawn anything, the shop owners will know it and contact us. Have you told Officer McManus what was taken? Yeah, yeah, I, I gave him a list. Thank you. People ought to be warned. How? I don't know. Go on the TV if you have to. Tell everyone not to go on vacation until you nab this guy. If no one goes on vacation, there'll be no burglaries. We can't know that for certain, Mr. Dunleavy. The thief could change his ways if no empty homes are available. He might start burglaring occupied homes, which would be much more dangerous for the homeowners. You find this guy, Lieutenant. You find him. And before you put him behind bars, you give me a crack at him. Nobody messes with Patrick Dunleavy and gets away with it. Lieutenant Carmichael? Yes? I'm sorry, I, I was out in the back room. Uh, the name's Haney. I called the station. This is Jim Nolan. Mr. Nolan. You said you had something for us. Yes, I'm really sorry about this. Somebody pawned this item before I even got the stolen property list. Here. That's nice silverware. When did you get this? Uh, let me see. I write down all my transactions. Um, let's see, here it's uh, your thing. And, ah, ah, here you are. Well, Lieutenant? The Folgers, the first people whose house was robbed, reported stolen silverware. Is that the right time on your list, Mr. Haney? <laughs> of course it is. And with all these clocks around, I always know what time it is. You certainly do have a lot of them. Why so many? You know, I have no idea. For some reason, when people are down on their luck, unemployed maybe, one of the first things they pawn are clocks. I guess they figure that if they have nowhere to go, there's no need to know what time it is. You should be here at the stroke of noon. It gets so loud in here, I have to step outside until the chiming's over with. Well, that's that's the right date and time, Lieutenant. Uh, I keep very careful records. You know, tax purposes, you know. The crook must have run here to pawn the silverware. Do you remember what the person who brought in the silverware looked like? I've been trying to think back, but, you know, like you saw in the book, I do a lot of transactions. You must have had reason to believe that the silverware was his. Oh, yeah. I don't do business with anyone who doesn't pass my smell test. Uh, he was no bum. If I'm remembering the right guy, uh, he was kind of tall, probably a smidge over six feet. He looked a little heavy to me, I'd guess around, oh, 250 pounds. His hair was salt and pepper, probably around 45. How about his clothing? Ah, sorry, I can't say. You know, people come and go so fast, I, I don't look that closely. Most of my smell test comes from the face, especially the eyes. I, I can always tell an honest face. Well, until now, that is. I'd like you to put this silverware in a safe place, Mr. Haney. 
I'll send an officer over later to bring it back to the Folgers to see if they can identify it. Sure, I run an honest shop here. I don't want any stolen property on my shelves. You can rest assured, gentlemen, now that I have the updated list, no stolen goods are going to be pawned here. No, sir. Thanks for having me over for dinner, Gladys. You're welcome, Walter. Jim and I were just saying this morning that families don't eat together enough, and we consider you family. Thank you. I'm flattered. Have you met Trudy? No. I never have. Lieutenant Carmichael, this is Trudy Williams, my fiancé. Pleased to meet you, Lieutenant. And you, Miss Williams. Please, call me Trudy. Very well. Have you and Jim set a date yet? Not yet, but I'm hopeful. I've been kind of busy helping Mom out. Of course you have. Well, everything's on the table. Please help yourselves. So, Walter, Jim's been keeping me up to date on the burglaries. Did the silverware from the pawn shop belong to the Folgers? It did. They were very happy to get it back. Evidently, it's been in Mrs. Folger's family for some time. Any further leads? Nothing beyond the description Mr. Haney gave us. It beats me how this guy knows where and when to pull off his jobs. What do you think, Trudy? Me? You and your parents went on vacation to Florida recently. That's right. What did you do before you left? Do? How'd you get ready to go? Maybe something you did will give us a clue. Well, let's see. We were driving there, so Daddy got the car serviced and filled with gas. Mom and I packed the suitcases. Um, Daddy plotted our route on a map. We got a bunch of traveler's checks at the bank. We temporarily stopped the mail and newspaper deliveries. Uh, We... That's it! What is? Yes. The mail and newspaper deliveries. That has to be it. Everyone puts a temporary halt to those when they go on vacation. You think the burglar works for the post office or the newspaper? It's as good a guess as any. If he doesn't work for one of them, he at least has access to their records. That way, he'd know when people are leaving, and when they're coming home, he'd know his window of opportunity. But not everyone gets the newspaper delivered. True, but everyone does get mail. It looks like an investigation of the post office is in order. Gladys, if I got you the names and phone numbers of the families whose houses have been burglarized, could you contact them? To see if they take the examiner? Exactly. I can get in touch with the powers that be at the post office to arrange a meeting with the boss, hopefully for tomorrow. You want to come along, Jim? You bet I do. The post office lead fizzles will try the examiner. Good for you, Trudy. You may just have solved this case. Me? Really? Thank you for meeting with us, Mr. Henderson. You're welcome. My post office always stands ready to help the authorities. I'm sure you're aware of the home break-ins in the area. Yes, I heard about them on the radio. Have you arrested a suspect? Not yet. Do all of the houses that were burglarized receive their mail from this post office? They do. Are you trying to suggest that someone connected to this office might be the burglar? We're investigating every possibility. I take offense at that, gentlemen. We don't mean to offend you. 
One commonality in this case is that every person whose house has been burgled gets his mail through this post office. We're not accusing anyone. I see. So I get my mail delivered from here. If I wanted to go on vacation, how would I put a hold on my delivery? Would I call you? No, you need to fill out a form for that. They're available in the lobby. What information would you need? It's very simple. Name, address, and when you want us to stop and recommence delivery. So you'd hold my mail here while I'm on vacation? Yes, we deliver every piece on the day you indicated to restart delivery. Some people stop by the post office on their way home and pick up all their mail. You could do that as well. What happens to these forms once they're filled out? You'd give them to one of the clerks, and he or she would bring the form to me. I make the necessary notations on the mail carrier schedule and file the form away in a lockbox. Why such security? Have you had problems? Not at all. I merely choose to do it that way. Other post offices might do it differently. I keep the box locked in my desk. No one sees the forms after they're delivered to you? No. Would my mailman know I was on vacation? No, he'd have no mail for your house, so he'd bypass it until he had mail for you again. Are you incriminating the mailman for those houses with this crime? Not at all. Would it be okay to speak with him? It's possible he may have seen something on his route to help us. He's not delivering the mail right now, but I could arrange a meeting for later on. I'm sure he'd be willing to cooperate. If either of you has the slightest idea that he may be involved in these burglaries, I can assure you that he is innocent. How can you be so certain? He's my grandfather. Jim, I'm glad you called. I spoke with all the burglary victims like Walter asked. Mr. Asherman from the second robbery forgot to stop his mail delivery before he went on vacation. Mrs. Wilson from the fourth robbery didn't bother to stop her delivery at all. Why not? She told me that she hardly ever gets any mail but bills, and they could, as she put it, darn well wait until I get back. Smart lady. And both of their houses were broken into anyway. Any luck at the post office? If you count bad luck, yes. I'm sorry to hear that. Oh, and Jim? Yes? Tell the lieutenant that every person on the list he gave me subscribes to the examiner and halted delivery before going on vacation. What can we at the examiner do for you? We're investigating the home burglaries. Oh, yes. I have some of my best reporters on the story. I hear we're up to six break-ins now. Unfortunately. Mr. McGavin, how would a subscriber halt his newspaper delivery for a vacation? He'd call customer service and let us know when to stop delivery and when to restart. So there's no form to fill out? No, just a phone call. We don't like to inconvenience our subscribers by having them come down to the office. Why do you ask? We're following a lead. You said the call to halt delivery would be answered by your customer service department? <laughs> Did I say something funny? You said department. So many people think we have a really big staff here, like the New York Times. We don't. We don't have a customer service department. We have a customer service operator. She takes those calls. Her name is Beverly Kilroy. She took over when Beatrice retired. Do you know Beatrice? Beatrice Haskell? I'm afraid not. She was a fixture here. Everyone adored her. 
She worked here for nearly 50 years. You don't see that kind of longevity anymore. How long has Beverly worked here? A little over a month. May we speak with her? I suppose so. I doubt she's gone to lunch yet. She likes to have her lunch late. It doesn't matter to me. As long as my employees only take their hour, I have no problem with when anyone takes lunch. May we see her? Certainly. Come with me. Very well, Mrs. Wimley. We'll stop your newspaper delivery effective this Saturday, and we'll resume it on Sunday the 20th. You're welcome. Goodbye. Beverly? Yes, Mr. McGavin? Busy morning? Nothing I can't handle. What's up? These men would like to talk with you. Sure. Ma'am, I'm Lieutenant Carmichael. I'd like to talk with you about the recent home burglaries. Get her, Jim! I've got her! Take your hands off me! You shouldn't have tried to run. Don't you tell me what I shouldn't do. Beverly Kilroy, I'm arresting you on suspicion of burglary. You have the right to remain silent. Anything you... Yeah, yeah, I know all this junk. I've seen it on TV a dozen times. So you understand your rights? I do. I'm not going down alone. Lenny's going with me. It was his idea in the first place. I never should have listened to him. You can't trust the next con. When Beverly told her husband Lenny that her job at the paper included taking the phone calls to haunt deliveries, he got the idea to rob the houses while the subscribers were on vacation. What a smart idea. Illegal, of course, but very inventive. As far as we know, Lenny has no idea we've arrested his wife. Have you picked up Lenny? We can't find him. That's where you come in, Mrs. Parker. Me? Gladys tells me you're leaving for Florida later today. Yes, I decided to throw caution to the wind and go. My friend June really needs me. Is it okay for me to go? Absolutely. Have you taken care of your mail and newspaper deliveries? Oh, yes. I did that the other day. Will my house and my valuables be safe while I'm gone, Lieutenant? Safe as safe can be. How? The newspaper's records show that you're the only subscriber going on vacation for the next few days. How does that keep my house safe? Because, with your permission, Jim and I are going to stake out in your house and wait for Lenny Kilroy to show up for his farewell performance. And that's how Lieutenant Carmichael and I arrived at this moment. Crouching behind the threshold of Mrs. Parker's kitchen, watching the moonlight glint off the gun in Lenny Kilroy's hand. Time crept by as we watched Lenny take a look around Mrs. Parker's living room, evidently trying to decide what to take first. He made his decision when he put his gun down on the sideboard to pull an empty sack from his coat pocket. Freeze, Kilroy! Police! Reach for your gun and I'll pull this trigger. Walter's getting a search warrant for the Kilroy's home. He is. He feels pretty sure that Lenny must have had all the stolen goods stored there. 
He thinks Lenny and the missus were probably figuring they'd hold on to the stuff for a while, until things cooled down. Albert will be proud of you, Jim. Why? Lieutenant Carmichael and I got the solution from Trudy. We didn't come up with it ourselves. Do you think the solutions to all your father's cases came out of his own head? They didn't? Not all the time. Some of them were dumb luck, and some of them, I'm happy to say, came from me. They did? Oh, yes. Do you remember the case that was written up in P.I. Magazine as the Lady with the Peanuts? That solution came from you? It did. Wow! I'm not just another pretty face, you know. I guess not. Did you say that Mrs. Parker is due back on Wednesday? Yes. Do you miss her? Well, yeah, but I was also hoping... That she'll bring you back some Mickey Mouse ears? Come on, Mom. I'm too big for that. Then what? I was hoping that she'd bring back some of that apple pie her friend makes. <laughs> Do you really expect an 84-year-old woman with a cane to carry an apple pie back on a plane from Florida? I guess not. Maybe she could bring back the recipe. I don't have much free time right now to bake you an apple pie, Jim. Who said anything about you? For a pie that delicious, I'll bake it myself. Meanwhile, somewhere in the state of Maine... Good morning, Albert. Only my friends call me Albert. To you, I'm Mr. Nolan. We're not going to be friends? I doubt it. I would find it difficult to be friends with someone who kidnapped me at gunpoint, injected me with some narcotic to knock me out, brought me to a cell in this old mansion, and locked me in shackles. Well, the choice is yours. I would like us to be friends. Keep dreaming. <sighs> I see you haven't eaten your dinner. Is something wrong with the food? Maybe you should ask the rats who visit me every night. They wouldn't eat it either. And what does a rat turn down? I assure you, there is nothing harmful in it. I need to lose a few pounds anyway. My wife has been telling me I'm getting a belly. You would like to see her again, wouldn't you? And your son, James? That's none of your concern. <laughs> Very well. Are your accommodations comfortable? I can honestly say that this is the nicest World War II army cut I've ever slept on. Not to worry. We will be moving you to new quarters before very long. You're getting me a suite at the Copley Plaza? How nice of you. We were thinking more of a six-foot-deep plot of Earth. I prefer the plaza. I'm sure you would. However, you must know by now that what you desire is of no importance here. That explains a lack of room service. You never thought you would encounter anyone from my family again, did you? I had hopes. It has been almost two decades since I sent your parents to prison. And here we are. One of their daughters and you. I'm reminded of the old saying, good things come to those who wait. That's he who waits, and that he is me. You haven't won. Do you honestly expect to get out of here alive? <laughs> I do. You are a fool and an optimist. How can you? My family is all around and heavily armed. I'll get out. I've stopped your parents' plan 20 years ago. And I can't stop yours today. But Al, Mr. Nolan, this time we've learned our lesson. My parents underestimated you. That will not happen again. 
We are not going to let you remain alive to foil our plans. Hence the plot of Earth. You will die in a manner and at a time of my choosing, and I'm in no rush. Does the anticipation of your pending death heighten your senses? You are to be my executioner? Yes. How would you like your tombstone to read? Albert Nolan? Albert X. Nolan? Maybe you ought to leave that headstone blank for now. Why is that? I hear they're awfully hard to return when the person in the grave isn't the person whose name has been chiseled in stone. Our special thanks to our regular cast members, Russell Gold as Jim Nolan, Joyce Bender as Gladys Nolan, Brian Bedard as Lieutenant Walter Carmichael, Tracy Hall as Trudy Williams, and Katie Daynert as the narrator. And to our guest stars, Kim Giannopoulos as Betty Parker, Joe Stofko as Patrick Donlevy. Darren Marlar as Mr. Haney, Mike Hennessy as Mr. Henderson, Gary Cobham as Tom McGavin, Elise Kroik as Beverly Kilroy, Cindy Swanson as The Woman, and Captain John Tadrazak as Albert Nolan. Jim Nolan Private Eye was created by Mike Murphy and Arlene Osborne. The Parker Stakeout was written by Mike Murphy. The Jim Nolan Private Eye theme was composed and performed by Vivian Dosko. Please hear more of her wonderful music at myspace.com slash Vivian Dosko. That's V-I-V-I-A-N-D-O-S-K-O-W. Producer, Captain John Tadrazak. Assistant producer, Mike Murphy. Mixer, John Specht. Editor, Arlene Osborne. Art director, Alexa Chipman. Webmaster, April Sadowski. We would also like to thank Captain John Tadrazak of Misfits Audio for airing this show. Mike Murphy, the author of this story, gratefully acknowledges the continued help of Arlene Osborne in the betterment of his scripts. This production is for enjoyment purposes only. I'm your narrator, Katie Daynert. This is an original production by Misfits Audio, copyright 2009.